By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean. We're here Sunday mornings with an interview portion of our show from Behind the Drive. This morning's guest is Vancouver singer-songwriter John Pippis. Yeah, great. Uh, kind of a surprising privilege to meet you. i uh, just starting to get to know your music a little bit and... Uh, of course, I was introduced to you through Hermosa Star, and uh, I'm surprised to find out how rich your catalog is. It's extraordinary. Um, so thank you for joining us. So That's a very nice compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, first of all, I just uh, it, the Hermosa Star is coming up February 4th. Is that the, the the launch date? Yes. Yeah. And and why is it called? Is is the yeah. Hermosa Star something in particular? Is there is there a reason for that uh, title? Is it? I was going. I went. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. Okay, go ahead. It's all yours. No, but you. What were you going to say? I went. I went and did a little um, bit of research. Hermosa Star. Okay, go ahead. We probably got a lag here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Hermosa Star, the short answer is that <clears throat> when I Googled it, no one has, in the history of the internet, has put those two words together. <laughs> so okay. I often will do that. If I, yeah, okay. if I come up with a song title or, or something, I will, I will Google it and see how many other songs have got that title. And usually it's like a lot. Right. Yeah. So that's the short answer. The long answer is that when I was 12, I lived on Hermosa Avenue in North Vancouver. Okay. And I, I, was, um, I was given an, an antique printing press, like a, a box with ink and a roller. <clears throat> and I started a newspaper called the Hermosa Star. Okay. And it lasted probably a few issues. You know, I sold it for whatever, a nickel, a dime on my block. Right. And then the, more, the poetic answer is that because of that, that was my first time um, doing a creative thing that was trying to reach an audience, you know, right. beyond my bedroom, I was trying to like talk to people. And that's what in uh, songwriting is all about. Yeah. So there's your three answers. I was trying to get uh, the sequence of your albums because I went, I, th I, from your webpage, it looks like your last album was 2017, but it seems that there's been more music since then, right? So, or in between, like singles and little EPs and things like that. So uh, I got a little yeah. bit lost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got a little bit lost yeah. in your disc discography. Is that the word? So. Um, uh, that's right. Discography. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, well, so just to add to the confusion, just to add to the confusion about my discography. As I released um, the Sarnia Boys four-song EP with my buddy Dave in Toronto um, in 2017, and I did nothing with it. Like, I had, like, maybe five plays, you know, right. and I'm not exaggerating. Right. And so then I was just playing a couple of songs from it the other day, and I thought, man, these are good songs. Yeah. 
and no one's ever heard them. And so it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it really fall? I'm like, okay, nobody's heard this. I'm just going to call it damn it. I'm just going to re-release it. Yeah. So two days ago, I just changed the release date. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I particularly uh, love that set of songs, and I hope you won't mind me asking you some questions about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, first thing uh, that I wanted to ask a, a little bit about is that, that I had understood you to be primarily a blues guitarist type of songwriter, and uh, Hermosa Star is very different from that in that sense. Uh, um, can you uh, yeah. share a little bit with us uh, the the change in direction or the sort of just walk us through a bit about how the uh, the creation of the album because it sounds it has a sense of like a hang with a bunch of friends almost you know like fa- I know there's family right. involved in things like that but it's got such a unique right. feel to it and when I first listened to it I was sort of set back I went oh my gosh how am I going to where am I going to start with this and then uh, I've really fallen in love with it but anyway do you want to can you walk us through the, the, yeah. the process a bit and the yeah. project itself okay well Regarding Hermosa Star, it's very much a pandemic album in that three months into the pandemic, if you remember back almost two years ago, right. it was around June of what? What year am I talking about? 2020, I yeah, guess. March, yeah, March 2020, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, about three months in, I realized that this might be in, in for the long haul. You know, like everybody else, the gigs had, had gone away and everything was different. And then I figured, well, what am I going to do? You know, I learned how to bake sourdough bread like a bunch of people. I did my <laughs> online yoga classes. And I figured, okay, well, that's not enough. I said to myself, okay, well, what have I got to work with here? Right. And and what I had to work with was my wife, who, you know, we we're in the apartment here in, in isolation, semi-isolation, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And she and I had sung over the years. She's really good at harmony. Right. And so I said, okay, that's you know a, a tool to work with. We can we can sing. We can get through the pandemic by singing in harmony. And so I went through my catalog that which goes back really goes back forty years. Right. And I just went through, but with the bulk of it being done written in the last fifteen years. Um, and I just went through and picked out a bunch of songs that would sound good with two voices singing together and all in the same sort of genre, right. nothing too heavy. Yes. I've got my blues side and the rocking side, yeah. but you know, that doesn't work for, <clears throat> for what I was trying to do here. So it was meant to be a gentle album, organic instruments, all in a similar genre of, of a, uh, you know, a, a country rootsy kind of feel and uh, involving family members beyond my wife and I singing these songs. We, we found a dozen that we sang, sounded good together, uh, worked them up. And then, um, and it went from there involving friends, involving family, because in a pandemic, that's what you got to do. You got to circle the wagons and, and stay close to, to, you know, those, you know. Yeah. Well, well, for sure. And, and it comes through in the, in the album too. I mean, you feel, you feel this kind of connectiveness between the players and, uh, and, uh, yeah, that also was, you know, you know, Douglas, that was also deliberate because in this day and age, you know, you can hire guns for hire from guitar players, producers, songwriters, singers, players, you can find it all on the internet, right? Yeah, and you that's... can, you can create, uh, you know, some good songs. Yeah. They might be a little soulless cause there's, they don't, they're not rooted yeah. in, in who, you know. And so I, I was just, um, not doing that. I could have gone that route, 
and I didn't. I just wanted to have only people. It was a concept album in the sense like beyond what I've just said about it, that it also everyone that was playing on, I had to know them. Either I was related to them or I've played with them in some capacity. And, you know, these are my these are musical friends and family. And this is what this album was meant to reflect. And I think it does. Yeah, it does very much so. And uh, I mean, ending with, uh, well, the circle be unbroken is the, you know, the cherry on top of the the Sunday for sure, because it, it all, yeah. you know, connects that whole thinking in the in the in the sound of the album and thing. Well, that that's quite an accomplishment to have. Did you record this and in like in a home studio type setting or were you uh, sort of doing, how did you do it <laughs> in, the, in that regards? Well, it, it was, um, we had, a, you know, the luxury of time for this album. There was no, there was no rush. Like all my other albums, it's all about, you know, capturing lightning in a bottle, recording live off the floor with minimal overdubs right. and really going for that that raw immediate sound, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm used to doing. I've got before this one, four full length albums and, you know, EPs and singles and, and so on. But for this one, we had all the time in the world. So yeah, we, um, we practiced my wife and I, and then we brought in my son on drums right, um, yeah. and my former bass player, uh, Peg Wilson. And we rehearsed uh, in, in real life. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And uh, my son, my son rents out a rehearsal studio with a bunch of bunch of rooms in it, and so that was our base of operation. Okay. We recorded the bass and drums there. We recorded recorded um, my acoustic guitars and our vocals there. And this is over the, the course of uh, several months. Right? right. Okay. And then we went to the producer's uh, house, his basement suite, a nice fan. And uh, then we recorded the, the live instruments, either a few of them in person, but because, you know, of distance and pandemic, uh, some of the, the guest uh, players, uh, they just, you know, sent their tracks in. Right. So that's how it all came together. Yeah. Well, it's got a very uh, cohesive sound. So you, you accomplished something pretty wonderful that way because, you know, I'm sure you're aware there's been many, many albums released over this pandemic period, uh, musicians you know, from every kind of configuration, you know, home studios to every type of thing. But it's got a, you know, the, like I said earlier, the thing is it's, it's, there's a sweetness in it all the way through all each of the songs. And, uh, and um, usually for me, I'm trying to find a place to start. It's got a kind of a, a laid back, almost, there's a bit of a nostalgic feel to it in a sense. But then when you start to listen to it, it's very vital and vibrant. I mean, it's now. I mean, it, it feels like something that should be heard right now. So I got really interested in it. And that's, that's when I thought, well, maybe I'll reach out to you to see if you, you want to talk to us about the, for this little show. This is Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and our guest this morning is John Pippis, a Vancouver singer-songwriter who has released a number of albums. You can find them on Bandcamp. His fifth full-length release, Hermosa Family Star, is following a new path away from his reputation for innovative blues and into a groove of his folk and roots influences. His wife, classically trained musician Pam Searle, sings in close harmony on every track and their decades of singing together is evident on how well their voices blend. 
He was joined by his son John Pippis, an in-demand drummer on the Vancouver scene, and a former bandmate Peg Wilson on bass and backup vocals. Together they recorded 10 original folk roots songs as well as traditional Will the Circle Be Unbroken to close off the album. The one thing that you'll notice about this album, Hamosa Star Family Album, is that it's a surprising blend of instrumentation and the vocals and singing, songwriting, and the uh, lyrics are particularly touching. Folk roots music, of course, is a hard genre to make interesting because there's so many, uh, so many albums out these days in that vein. John is a very articulate and intelligent songwriter, and it was a real privilege for me to meet him. I hope you enjoy the interview. I don't want to play the portions where he talks about his songs too much because uh, we reserve that for Behind the Drive, which is on every Thursday night at 6 o'clock. hope you'll join that show too as well. So we're going to be right back after a few messages with John Pippis on Behind the Drive Shortcuts. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome back to Behind the Drive Shortcuts. My name is Douglas McLean, and we're here today with Vancouver singer-songwriter John Pippis. Right? Do you, do you mind uh, taking us through a little bit of your story, your like uh, how you got here and your background a little bit is sure. just because I I'm pretty sure, sure the audiences that I'm going to be playing this interview you know I do this for a radio show so they probably won't have heard of you so maybe you can just bring us up to yeah. speed a little bit yeah sure well you had mentioned a few minutes ago that you thought of me mainly as a blues guy and then you're hearing this other more of a a folk uh, Appalachian sounding uh, album. Well, that, that goes back to the 60s. I'm a child of the 60s. I'm in my early 70s now. Right. So I, As I, I. You know, the Beatles and the Stones. I, yeah. I was big, big on both of them. And, and they both lead in different directions. You know, the Beatles lead to the, the folk pop world. Right. Uh, and they, I mean, they do some killer blues, but, right. but the Stones, they, they led me back to the old black blues guy in America. Uh, and then the Chicago blues. So as a teenager, I'm, I'm going through all this in both strains, you know, going along the, the folk pop route, um, exploring that, not writing, but, but, but emulating and listening. And then there's the stones led to all that, that, that the, the riffs and the, you know, the Creedence Clearwater and, right. and that, that, that sort of riff based music, right. white boy, white boy blues, but, but nevertheless <laughs> from that tradition, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. But that, that's where I came from. And I had my share of cover bands and, and all that in my twenties and, and kind of burned out by, by my mid twenties, which was the mid seventies. It's very easy when you're born in 1950, it's very easy to, you know, put the years and your age together. Right. So mid seventies, I was in my mid twenties and, and, Gave it up and and pretty burnt out then, you know, uh, mentally and and uh, <clears throat> mentally done, and uh, got a full time job. Went back uh, to what I had been trained to do, which was television production. I edited the TV news for thirty years in the various stations around Vancouver. Got married, had kids, 
music on the back burner. This this story is so familiar to a lot of people. Yeah. There's the professional, there's the the road warriors that are out there like right. working, you know, 200, 300 nights a year. Right. And uh, and then there's there's the the guy, the hobbyists. We get dumped on a lot. But the last 15 years, after you know, kids left home and and work was done, the day job was done. I went back to my first love, like a lot of people do, and and that was in um, 2005 would be when I've been doing this uh, wholeheartedly, full-time, you know, obsessed. Right. Although the last couple of years, the last few years, even before, the last year before the pandemic, it was winding down. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get tired. Yeah. Pumping gear around. This, you know, this job is a lot of furniture moving besides that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. I was just looking at, I was looking at my, my September 2015 schedule the other day, and I was like out there like three, four nights a week, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that and that represents an awful lot of, of your gear in and your gear out and dealing with the club owner and dealing with the bookers and yeah. leading the band. You know, <clears throat> the fun is there, but there's a hell of a lot of uh, stuff that's not fun. Yeah. Anyway, I was just exhausted looking at that schedule. Yeah. So I've been doing this uh, full time, let's say, 15 years. Right. I have, but there, I've got one nice twist that's happened to me in my in my twilight years here is that. It, just a year or so before the pandemic started, maybe a year and a half, I answered a Craigslist ad that was looking for someone to to join a, a rock and roll review that that to, to sing fifties and sixties songs. Oh right, yeah. And I said I can do that. I mean, yeah. I grew up with that stuff. I can, I can do that in my sleep. Right. And so I happened to be in the studio when I saw that ad. I was recording uh, some vocals for something, and and so there was, I was I had this all set up, and I just I, I laid down. They sent me the tracks like a James Brown song, a Beatles oh, wow. song, a you know, four top song, a bunch of songs. And I just like, you know, one take, boom, 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 sent in the, these half dozen uh, audition tapes of, uh, of me singing these fifties and sixties songs. Right. And, and I got the gig, right. I'm sure everybody and their dog applied for it. Cause I mean, everybody thinks they can sing all that stuff. Yeah. And, but I was just nailing it because I love that stuff. Right? right. And so I got this gig. So I've been doing this gig up until the pandemic stopped it, you know, playing to 500, 700, a thousand people, wow. um, you know, with a five-piece band behind me and backup singers, and a, you know, it's it's great. Yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. I'll have to. I think you have. Do you, I think you have some YouTube stuff on that too? I'll have to go check a little bit more. Um, I I noticed a picture of you playing a Taylor electric guitar. I mean that. I that must be pretty much a <laughs> lot. That, that's a lot of fun. I mean, get well, one of those I in your it. hand. I, I, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had the Taylor. I had the Taylor because it's got, you know, that nice blend of electric acoustic right, sound. Yeah. But, I, but and you can hear it on the one album, Howl at the Moon. That's where I'm really giving a good workout and cranked right. it up. And it's a different sound. And I don't know if I like it anymore because now I got myself an American-made telly. Right. And that, you know, I've I've always wanted to, I've, I've, I was a Gibson guy, but but I've, I always liked the look of the tellies. And then and then my former bandmate sold. It was in a pawn shop. Anyway, long story. I got his old telly, and the neck is good. It's a, it's almost like it feels like a Gibson neck. Telly Fender must have changed the the feel of the necks because I can play it. Right. I used to fall off the neck of the fenders, you know. Right. Yeah. And I could never play a strat. I could never play a strat because you know where they got the toggle switch. It's right where where I strum, and I'm always hitting that toggle switch. <laughs> yeah. But the but the telly, it's, it's the switch is in the right place. So I yeah. I love the telly. Oh, well, I just thought I'd bring the teller, it. Up. Yeah, the telly was unique. Yeah, I've always been uh, kind of yeah. envious of guys who can afford one. Um, 
and they look pretty nice. Um, so uh, let's uh, go. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> this is cheap. When I listened to Hermosa Star, um, the first song that hammered me was Seen a Ghost. And uh, uh, when I went through the, yeah. the songs, I went, whoa, there's something very beautiful in that. And actually, I went back to that quite a few times. And uh, um, the, before I talk about that actual song, though, there's one thing I want to say uh, is that you're singing is very you have uh, the so i listened through a whole bunch of your albums this morning on spotify and things like that and the one thing i noticed about hermarsa star compared to your earlier work is your your voice you have quite a range or i don't even know if that's the right word but you you have a way of presenting your vocals uh, quite differently from album to album, it seems. Uh, but this yeah. album here is you've got your you're pretty pure um, and uh, high yeah. high your registers high and things like that. So that is that something you do intentionally, or is it just something that you just to fit the song, or how do you? Um, I don't know if there's a question well, in there, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just something yeah, I noticed. Well, singing- yeah. yeah. I mean, the human voice singing, it's, it's amazing, right? Two yeah. little vocal cords yeah. and, uh, and everyone's got their own singing voice. Right. And, you know, some are more like mind blowing than others, you know, take Adele, she could, or, you know, or Celine Dion. I mean, these are phenomenal voices and, and uh, rich. And, and there's so many people that have got this natural, like Dolly Parton, this nice little quaver in her voice. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just her opening up and singing her. That's her vocal cords at work right and i got my vocal cords they're not you know they're me they're just me so i just sing i took lessons uh singing lessons from well from a few different teachers but the fourth teacher i really connected with and took many lessons and she she basically corrected a lot of bad habits and 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 one habit she corrected was like don't sound like a blues guy don't growl because you know you blow your blow your voice out yeah and and just sing, open up your mouth, like yawn and open it up. Don't be afraid of looking stupid and all that sort of thing. And and that has really helped me to first of all not blow my voice at a you know three four hour gig, um, and just to sing my own voice. Some people like it, some people don't. But. You've been listening to Behind the Drive Shortcuts with our guest John Pippis from Vancouver. <laughs>